Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day, episode number 169. 169 episodes of Birds All Day, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and we are, yes, going to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. They won a game! So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that they managed to pull, they snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat, which has not happened much of late. But that's okay. Um, and joining me, joining me as always... Dougie Ford. Dougie, old, old, verified, reliable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Andrew Stoughton. That was great. Uh, it was with much delight that I noticed that little blue check mark. <laughs> yeah. Beside I, your name. I didn't notice it until you had, had tweeted that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just me and the Nazis, I guess. We're out here fighting <laughs> the good fight for Jack. Well, oh, God. Well, what a good day. Yeah, um, yeah the Blue Jays <laughs> yeah. won a baseball game. Uh, there was some, uh, just some slight upheaval in uh, in the province of Ontario where we live. I, we we might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, whatever. Because you know we're it's we can't not. Yeah, we won't be it, able to not discuss no. it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's dumb. People are dumb. Well, or not? You know, people aren't even dumb. They just they think they're doing a smart thing. They just uh, don't realize it's not smart. Sometimes. I had. Uh, I'm just to me, the the feeling I have right now is one of disappointment, and it's not an ideological thing because I don't think that that it, it's a, not even a matter of ideology. There's been a lot of talk about um, uh, people who uh, had kind of defriend or 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 cut people out of their lives based on political decisions and this and that, and there's a lot of people that take offense to that. Oh, oh, we can't. Someone like. <laughs> Doug Ford, the support supporting him versus someone else is not about tax regulation. It's not about the vagaries of everyday governance. It's something that's at the same time deeper, but also much more shallow than that. And to me, that's really disappointing because even if you are, a, we we could have extremely different views of politics and the role the government should play in any any one given person's life. But I can't understand how anyone would want to have a a person who's so outwardly and actively odious representing them in as the head of government or the head of the provincial government, which is not the same. But like, is I just don't get rooting for the bad guy because that's. That is what a bad guy looks like. He's, he, he's a he's, he's a bad person. He's one of us. Wink, wink. Well, I, yeah. I mean, not. I don't think a lot of people think of it in the most. You know, uh, think of that in the most like insidious, awful way that it could imply. But that he's just you know, I'm out here in Peterborough. I talk to people. I know people who have a very different worldview and who don't want to be lectured by elites for lack of a better word because that's what they fucking say and by and by you know uh smart people people with expertise people with with uh with knowledge about topics of policy and and think, who understand systems and the way that they can be tweaked to improve things 
No, there's a lot of people who don't want to fucking hear that uh, because they're telling, you know, it, it, it's they, they're hearing things that they don't want to hear. And then there's along comes Thuggy Ford. And uh, he, uh, you know, those types of people are, are listening, not just listening, but uh, but telling them that it's OK to believe that, you know, that taxes should be cut. Even if it means somebody else's hospital is going to disappear or school or whatever else. Or that it's okay to have insane ideas about this, the, the sanctuary province idea or whatever. I mean, we don't want to spend too much time on this. But there, but there is, you know, I see it. I see it out here, right? I see people, but, you know, people who think they're doing good things and, and don't, don't think that they're... So far into this unreality that they think that it's I, all okay. I think that it's, it's fucked. The last thing, I, I, we, again, we won't spend any more, any more time on it. We've already spent more than we should have. I don't think it is even a matter of policy at all. Uh-huh. I think it's a matter of, of rooting for the house, for lack of a better term. I think it's there's the people who like a bully because they wish that they could be the bully and to see someone who can in their mind or, or in the, the perception of like cut through the crap and not have to worry about red tape and, uh, but not real red tape, like the imagined red tape, the imagined bureaucracy well, of the all, world, which is just, imagined, which is just yeah. a matter of being decent, right? Decency is inconvenient for some people. Yeah. So they like someone who, who dispense, who dispenses with that. He, he can't be bothered with decency or consistency or thoughtfulness or empathy so yeah. because they can't be bothered either so that's it's too bad and we'll see what happens um as our as the fires will rain down from the heavens above <laughs> and soon we will be the there'll be the gnashing of teeth and the rending of garments can't wait can't wait yeah speaking of the rending of garments and the gnashing of teeth uh the nightmare that is the 2018 toronto blue jay season rolls on um, they can't win games. They did manage to win one tonight, but uh, oh boy, I don't think they're very good. It's not looking great. Yeah, it's really uh, not a lot of fun right now. No. Well, I mean, what else yeah. do you say about that? I, they've got they've got four quality starts in a row. Whatever that you know, stupid statistic means. But uh, well, quality starts are. I, I think quality starts are a little bit underrated as far as starts go. Sure, if you want to apply the letter the letter of the law, a quality start ends up being a well pitched game. What else would you want from your starter? Yeah. Pitch well. Sure. Thank you. Four in a row. I'll take it because they, they haven't done that shit all year long. Um, I think I. Uh, so I, I was mentioning, you and I were just talking off the air. I was down at the ballpark today. I had a credential. I was on the field. I was in the clubhouse, in the press box. It was delightful. Not related to birds all day, unfortunately. But I was talking to Ben Nicholson-Smith of, uh, of Sportsnet. And uh, Ben is a, is a great dude, and he's a great baseball writer, and he doesn't live too far away. He, he, I run into him on the street sometimes. But we haven't seen each other in a few years. And he said, so what do you think about this team? And I thought, uh, well, I think it's real simple, Ben. They don't have enough good players. <laughs> and like that, it's... It's really not any more complicated than that. Uh, they were already at a deficit compared to the teams in their division. And we, he and I, and, and you and I, and we've all done it, talked about the difference between the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. The Yankees and the Red Sox have a lot of good players and also have no bad players. Yeah. 
Yankee, Yankee fans will tell you that they have bad players. They'll, they'll cry rivers about the backup catcher or the fact that the starting catcher is dog shit. But the, the team is ridiculously stacked. And the Red Sox are the same. That there will be ups and downs that Betts is hurt and Benintendi was bad at the beginning of the year. But at the end of the day, that team is loaded. And the Blue Jays, as currently constructed, given injuries and underperformance and, and just sort of the level at to which they have built up the talent, are not good enough. And no one's going to pretend that they are. And a really rough month just gets, allows us to drop the pretense and acknowledge that they're not good enough to win. And not, they're, not, they're not good enough to win the division. The wild card is another thing, but... Yeah. I mean, they, I, we've talked about this before, too. They... They would be closer to good enough if they were getting anything out of Donaldson, Stroman, Osuna, Sanchez, Estrada. Like those, I don't think are uh, Estrada. You know, at this point, I don't think those are bad players. We've t- you know we've discussed it. Maybe maybe they are. Maybe some of them are. But, you know, maybe Donaldson is uh, on a steep decline, and maybe Stroman isn't built for the way the league's going. And maybe Sanchez won't find his fucking command again, and it's been uh, and and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, what like how there's almost no way that you could have constructed these Blue Jays and had those guys that group give you nothing and it not mm-hmm. turn into a fucking disaster. No, it's true. You're very right. And if you, if if the Red Sox, um, if Chris Sale was hurt and David Price was completely ineffective and Mookie Betts was hurt and a shell of himself and uh, you know, whoever else was left was bad too. Yeah, that team does not look anywhere near as good. But I think the bigger thing is like <laughs> yeah. the guys they have the guys they have around are also better than the guys that Jay yes, are running out absolutely. there right now. Absolutely. Right? The the Xander Bogars is not a superstar, but he's he's up and down, but he's still gonna give you oceans more than what you're gonna get from Aledmi's Diaz now and presumably Troy Tulowitzki later in the year if that happens, unless the he suffers a horrific injury uh, when a figure that looks mysteriously like Mark Shapiro and another Rogers accountant are like smashing his <laughs> knees in the dark to try to get the insurance money from him. But um, I don't. It's just it could have been it could have been an exciting again. April let us let us believe that they uh, the potential for a good team lurked within it. But I think right now because you can't you know we're, you're getting as much of from Teoscar Hernandez that you could hope for, and it's. It's fine, but it's not a superstar. No, nope. Randall Gritchick is not a superstar. Kevin Pillar is not a superstar. Uh, we, we'll take it. We're going to come back to Pillar. I am going to have nice things to say about Kevin Pillar on this very special episode of Birds All Day. Wow, uh, Justin Smoke is not a superstar. Uh, you know, I mean, you get you're getting peak. Like, what more could you ask from Yen uh, Yen Hervis Salarte? Nothing. And he, but he's like a four win guy at the, at his peak. Oh yeah, as opposed to like a nine-win guy, like they're <laughs> all over the diamond for the stupid Yankees. Yeah, fuck them. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's uh, obviously it's much worse. It's it looks worse because they are slumping and they haven't been playing well and they were playing guys out of position and injuries and then injuries and injuries where you can only raise the floor so much. At some point, the bowling ball you drop from height is going to go through those floorboards and get and uh, and you're in the toilet. <sighs> yeah. What a great night. What a great night. <laughs> Everyone's feeling good. I, I think so, yeah. No, I don't know. I, what else do you, what else do you say? I, I, you know, they're not good enough and, and they have 
you know, the wild card, the second wild card aspirations are being trampled by, you know, teams like the Mariners and the Angels, who are clearly better than them, who we thought that maybe the Jays would be able to hang with. And mm-hmm. that was sort of, you know, the that was really the only realistic goal of the season was to was to, you know, try you know see if you could if you could get in that race, see if you could get into the playoffs, and then you know you never know what happens. Get some revenue in the, in the playoffs. Get you know have guys emerge, maybe feel you know good about where your roster is going next year, despite all the free agents, and, mm-hmm. and maybe have a chance to resign guys. And this is sort of the pie in the sky way that this season could have worked out because clearly the uh, uh, the division wasn't going to be a thing. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is just not there, and so we are on, on sort of the precipice of a lot of changes, a lot of changes. Uh, well, yeah, I think that you made a great point, which is the the Mariners are doing what the Blue Jays needed to do, and yeah. that is kind of hitting on the ninetieth percentile version of themselves, where the Mariners are not necessarily doing with overperformance or out of thin air production from guys you wouldn't have expected. Um, the Mariners are doing it with a lot of kind of um, one-run game trickery. Uh, the big topic among on Mariners Twitter is the run differential. That you know they are outperforming their 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 Pythag record or whatever. Uh, so there's worries among some the more cynical members. Of, obviously, they're Mariners fans. They're born cynical, and skeptical of life <laughs> they, as but, they should be. But. They're worried they're going to crash down because they are. I don't know if the, what the standings are today, but I know a couple of days ago they were ahead of the Astros. So that that's they've gone right, off right. book yeah. with that sort of a thing. And then the Angels are there angeling, and they're every, now Otani came out of a start, and then Simmons is on the DL, and uh, you know Cole Calhoun is like one of the worst position players in baseball this year somehow. But but even that that you know you could see a, a way through because literally the best player in the world is going to drag them close to that 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 wild card spot and the jays aren't getting that they aren't getting josh Donaldson's not dragging anybody anywhere um uh, other than uh i don't know his <laughs> own value down yeah but um it's it, again it could have been but it's just getting too late now like you said there's a lot of changes there's a lot of big decisions big decisions left to come on um, the one big decision uh, that that is apparently being made and i saw guys i play baseball with who i'm friends with on facebook uh, for reasons are uh, remain un- unclear, uh, are firing Gibbons. John Gibbons is being fired by them, right? Which is just it could not be dumber. It couldn't. Yeah, you're right. It, I mean, I could think of uh, at least one news event tonight that I witnessed that was perhaps dumber, but <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it it it's almost. But it's at the point as like a Gibby stand myself, where you know you understand it, uh, where it's. This is just what teams do when clearly there's going to be a lot of turnover, and it's not going to be, a, a, you know, 2019 does not look like it's a season where they're really going to be ramping up and going for it. I mean, they'll, they'll have some resources in terms of money. Maybe they can do something interesting with that. Uh, but it's going to be tough to convince anybody decent to come and play for the Blue Jays, right? Like, especially... Uh, especially if they just sell off, a, you know, more than just the free agents to be, which is something that they quite conceivably could do uh so i yeah i mean it would be dumb i would love to see gibby stick around he is clearly not the problem he has nothing to work with uh he's not the one out there who just can't fucking pitch can't fucking hit or play defense at this point (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's 
I have a little more time for the these these fucking morons who insist that Gibbons must be fired right now, just because. You know, all right, maybe. I don't think he. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll help much. I don't think it'll fix much. But it does seem like something that could happen and may happen. And and, and I see people also on on Twitter being like, oh, I, I wish I wish they would do it just so you go sit at home and get collect a paycheck instead of having to fucking go through this every fucking night. <laughs> all right, I can see that. I I can, I can get behind that. Uh. If the Blue Jays fired John Gibbons tomorrow, which they won't, the team would eventually play marginally better than they are right now because they, no team is as bad as they've been playing. Which you could attribute to whomever they might be, or you could just recognize that it's sort of the, the that's the way that things go. There is variance in sporting event outcomes. I like John Gibbons very much as. Most people would know who are listening to the show. I think this is going to be John Gibbons' last year as the Blue Jays manager. I think they're going to let him run, play the year out, and and then they'll find a new manager. I, I just think that's what's going, that's just what happens now, as far as I can, as far as my mind goes. That that don't don't bring him in as a lame duck in a in a weird transitional year. Start to move your pieces around and and find. Look for the guy that's going to suit the personality of the team that you are now building. Because and, the team that you're building is not going to be the team that you have now. Yeah, and and put these last two years behind you a little bit, too. Just get fresh eyes and <laughs> let's just try to forget that these two years ever fucking happened. Yeah, I, I, sure. I mean, it's, it's the next step and... and it's not again. It's not that he's he's not that he's a bad manager at all. We like him, and he has his strengths, and the players seem to really like him. Uh, but he's only a manager at the end of the day. That another guy in that seat is going to do a job that's not marginally different than the job that he's done. Pretty much, yeah. So, which is not not a, not to advocate firing him, but it's also not to why why bother with anything? Just put a put a pumpkin. Carve a little jack o' lantern, put it in the in the office there. Let's put, I, put the pumpkins, <laughs> put the pumpkins' feet on the desk. I'm okay with that. Have the, yeah. have the pumpkin make fun of Larry Milson, and then it's the pumpkin is the manager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other thing, the thing that we now start to talk about is trades. The thing that we will continue to talk about is trades. So you wrote something interesting for the Athletic, where of course you. Uh, apply your trade, uh, about maybe looking beyond the one-year guy. So I'm very much myself of the mind of just mostly just deal with the one-year guys for now. You've got a, you've got a bunch of them, guys who are of, of, a, of a variety of, of, of qualities, a variety of desirability on the open market. Um, but I'm not necessarily look, ready to start to look for guys with more uh, term, to borrow a hockey uh, phrase. So... My thing is only the one-year guys, and then 2019 can be the rest of it. 2019, you, if if you want to start to make those trades, then you can do that with you know a year and a half. It's probably a year, is that a year and a half of Stroman would be if it was a year from now. Yeah, year yeah. and a half Stroman, year and a half of Sanchez. Yeah, so if they trade them right That's now, right. a team gets a team would get them for this playoff run plus two more years. So mm-hmm. that, that's quite a long time, especially for guys who you know 
have been terrible. <laughs> so it's probably a kind of a moot point, right? Osuna is a different question. Uh, and maybe he's the guy you moved because, and we've talked about this for other reasons. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I think it would be, and part of what I wrote in the piece, and I've mentioned, I think on here and in other pieces, you know, it's uh, it's it's tough to get good again. Like it, it, I, it, I don't think it would be a great idea to really strip it down to nothing. And I think that's a lot of like the rebuild stands, the people who just love the idea of a rebuild and are just dying for a rebuild. Uh, at any moment, as soon as as soon as they think the wheels have come off, even in the slightest, they they want. I, I think that's. I think it's ridiculous. I think it, it's. Uh, it underestimates how difficult it is to get big league talent. And mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have guys who are talented, and you have guys who are coming up. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of hope for a twenty nineteen Blue Jays team where there's no Josh Donaldson and there's no Jay Happ or and whoever else uh, isn't here. But but. You know, maybe you can maybe you see some positives, and maybe you see some guys who do some things in 2019 that make your decisions easier for 2020. And you, you know, you, I, I like that idea of building with without completely bottoming out. I, I think a lot better, and, and that may mean that you'll eventually, you'll, you know, as we've seen them do uh, with Donaldson, you may eventually uh, take a risk and end up losing value uh, on a guy. Uh, losing trade value and not getting as much back for him as you could have if you dealt him, you know, a year before or two years before or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's okay. I think that I think that that is better than you know because once you like once the Jays traded a guy like Donaldson, it was like, well, what is what the fuck is the point of anyone being here? And and I don't know if that that's the state that you want to be in. If you want, I don't know if you want to be the perpetually rebuilding Padres or Reds or or all the you know those teams that just have a hard time. Getting back up to a point where they have big league talent all over the roster, like it, it's just not easy. That I think to me, that's the that's the, the strong case to be made against any Sanchez or Stroman in particular uh, trade, uh, because who who are you replacing those guys with? And those guys that you know, you if I'm if I'm the Blue Jays and I'm looking at at those players and people are dangling. Trade uh, trades my way. I want to make sure. A, I, I need to know where I, where I'm going to be at the end or this time next year. And because I'm not in any rush to move players like that, I'm not in any rush to, like you said, bottom out. And even though you might be disappointed with the with the with the way that Sanchez has played this year after after uh, missing most of last year with injury, or or you're wary of where Stroman might be, replacing those guys is very difficult. And while we can talk about depth until the cows come home, the chances of any of the depthy looking guys that they have kicking around becoming though them is yeah. becoming the, to replace those <laughs> innings to replace that production is next to impossible. So yeah, sure, Nate Pearson throws really hard, but he's in low A. Yeah, and even yeah, even him, even the best of the best of them, <laughs> yeah. the the odds aren't great that they're going to end up being a you know, Sanchez led the American League in ERA. Stroman had a, like a what a five win season last year. Like those are things that you don't find pitchers who could do that. So yeah, it's uh, it, the point is maybe moot because of how bad they've been, and so they may not be able to rec- you know look good enough to be valuable to a playoff team. I mean, they'd have value, but I think maybe the Jays would think. If we really want to trade them, there'll be opportunities in the offseason to do that. 
mm-hmm. but yeah, I hope that, that that's not the route that they go. I hope that they, you know, there'll be a lot of money coming off the books with Donaldson and Happ and Estrada and whoever else. I hope that they kind of keep something of a of a big league caliber team here, even if it's like okay, we're, we're you know we're just we're doing the same thing. We're gonna we're gonna play it out, see how it goes. It's probably not gonna go great. We're gonna trade what we what we can at next year's deadline too and just keep filling in and filling in and drafting and developing and trying to get to a point where uh, there are fewer and fewer positions where you can or have to fill in because they're already occupied by top talent. I think that's the way to do it. I think that is the way to do it. Now let's move to the draft because we've, we've gotten, we've almost teased the point that I wanted to make about the draft and, and it comes from your, your friend of mine, Devang, uh, Devang Sai, who uh, we, you and our co- former colleague of ours at the Scorehead now actually works for EA Sports, um, uh, doing great, fun stuff for uh, around the FIFA title. Um, Devang is uh, obviously a baseball fan, but he's maybe not in the weeds like you and I. So there was somebody dropped a comp on, I'm, I'm not sure if it was somebody, the, it was somebody the Blue Jays drafted, I, his name I'm not going to pretend to know, uh, compared them to Mark Kotze. And Devang was a little bit incredulous. Like, is that good? And I get that. We've all have those reactions because because the alternative is comparing everybody to Mike Trout or comparing everybody <laughs> to to Justin Upton, like comparing everybody to Josh Donaldson. You know, he's a Josh Donaldson type. Well, he's not. He's not a Josh Donaldson type because those guys are one in a million. Um, but a Mark Kotze type, it's not sexy. But that is; those are the kind of players that you need to get out of your draft. And when you do get out of your draft, especially if you can get a guy like that in the later rounds, that's like found money. And that's also, I think, a key to having to building a good team. Like you said, it's hard to get good, and it's hard to get good because you need to hit on superstars. But you also need to have an assembly line of Mark Kotze's and the name that I come up of come back to is Joe Saunders. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. remembers yeah, Joe Saunders, yeah. who, play, who pitched for the for the Diamondbacks and for the Angels. And Joe Saunders was never a great starter, but he started a shitload of games for teams that were good and teams that were also not great. But he would <laughs> he could take the ball and he would keep you in the game. Every team needs a fifth starter. Every team needs a fourth starter. That yeah, obviously you want to draft for guys who are going to be way up there, guys that can that can. Put all put the complete package together. Luis Severino is an example of a guy where he just sort of came, not that he came out of nowhere, but he was. I don't think anybody ever realized that he was going to end up being as good as he's now become. Um, that's great to have, but you still need the uh, even like a Porcello, right? Porcello is maybe not a great example, but you need depthy guys. You need to be able to generate these guys and draft these guys. So, so a realistic comparison that gets slapped on some teenager of, of Mark Kotze. If you ask every kid who's lined up to get drafted, would you tr- take Mark Kotze's career? They'd be out of their mind to say no. <laughs> True. He, play, he played like 1,900 games in the big leagues. 1,900. Like almost 2,000 games. That's incredible. And while you are not what you are going to strive for, but that is that kind of a player is really valuable. Which brings me, of course, to Kevin Pillar who is that kind of player. And we've had this discussion a hundred times, but I I never give him the credit he deserves for being a player who's just good enough to play every day. Because that's really, really <laughs> difficult 
in and of itself. I'm glad you're to doing be it. A player. I'm glad you're doing it now mm-hmm. because I'm glad you're doing it now because uh, give him a few more weeks and he may not look like it the way his hitting has gone uh, gone south after his hot start. Nonetheless, but that's that's what that, but that's how it works. Yeah, that, that's who that's his profile. Uh, people, we've been watching him now play every day for four years, right? Yeah, and and he's not. Um, a superstar. He's not close. He's maybe a league average player. He's a, he he is or was or has been a very nice defender. He's a very good and aggressive base runner, and he is a hitter who is below average, but not enough that it's going to make you lose your mind. And and I, you wish you could upgrade on him, but it's 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 the only thing harder than upgrading on it is replacing it. And and right now, if you're the Blue Jays and you look at the the, the we we talked about all these different outfielders and all these guys who are waiting in the wings. You can't trust any of them to even be what he is now, it's true. and that's unfortunate. And that's yeah. it, and and it, it it is it's not sexy, and it's it's but it's a, it's such a key part of team building um, that you can't overlook. And the fact that he was a whatever thirtieth round pick, uh, he deserves so much credit for that. And it doesn't mean that I don't wish the Blue Jays had a better player to do that job, but replacing. A guy like that is really hard, and it just, like you said, it's hard to get good. But and and a guy that's like him are how you get good because you don't have to worry about it. If you, if it, there's an option to make it better, you take it. But then you can always start plugging in the holes for the rest of the diamond because you at least can count on him to be out there every day. Yeah, no, I, I you're I think you're absolutely right, and I think that it becomes very easy. For these types, the rebuild types, the the real the people who really want to see torn down, and not to pick on them too much tonight, Burroughs, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it beca- I think it becomes really easy to be like, oh well, you know, there there's Alfred, there's Pompey, there's these guys that are in the in the minors who are ready for their shot, and you know, imagine that the Blue Jays had, which I think a lot of people would have done, and I probably would have fucking advocated for in the winter, had gone and said. Okay, we can move Kevin Pillar for something decent. We'll give we'll give the keys to Alfred and, and uh, or Pompey or figure it out. We'll move Grichik over if we have to. We'll move to Oscar to center if we have to. We have, we have Curtis Granderson to play in center if we have to. And uh, imagine they had done that, and then you know the rest of the team wasn't dog shit. <laughs> and, and, but those uh, those guys' seasons had sort of played out the way the same way. You know, the, they would be scrambling to figure out their center field problem because you know Alfred just has been hurt and hasn't hasn't had a good year at all and Pompey has been exactly what Pompey is and you know Grichuk has been terrible and hurt and Teoscar is you know Gibbons is like okay he's a left fielder this like this right field thing not not happening not you know uh and to put a guy like that in center would be not great Granderson same thing you know I mean the it is it's tough there's a reason that it's a premium position it's it's really tough to to get guys who are capable of doing it at a high level and uh, as much as it's easy to dream on, uh, you know some of the scouting reports and the things you read about a guy like Alfred. It, it's not easy for a guy like you know for anyone to to just put it together and hit the ground running and uh, and be everything you always want him to be and to be better than the guy you think it should be easy to replace. So yeah, I, I think that uh, you're you're right in apologizing to Kevin Pillar or or apologizing or doing whatever you well, saying whatever you're saying. I'm not putting an apology in your mouth, but saying that we are, we've maybe. We maybe underappreciate him a little bit, uh, and I think that speaks exactly to the to the earlier point too about like how tough it is to find big league talent and how that is such a scarce thing that that 
the Blue Jays going forward here, as easy as it feels and as cathartic, I think, as it would be for a lot of people to just say, all right, get rid of them all. Get rid of as, as many of them as you can and get like as, mm-hmm. uh, get good value on. Uh, no, keeping keeping talent, keeping actual like real big leaguers around is not a bad thing. Well, you've mentioned the Reds before, and we and we go back to the Reds all the time. Obviously, there's a connection between the Reds and the Blue Jays, and it is in the form of a Hall of Fame first baseman from the area. But look at the way the Reds have struggled to feel the competitive, like even a competitive team over the last few years, as they have the one. They have a they have a franchise cornerstone, and they try to build around them, and they can't do it. And they have find nice players, and they find interesting players like this scooter Jeanette, who apparently is a power hitter all the time now, and <laughs> yeah. uh, that like Mike <laughs> Petrillo is obsessed with. Uh, but like you look at even like a Billy Hamilton, right? Billy Hamilton is not dissimilar from Kevin Pillar, except Billy Hamilton is on the wrong side of like he's almost unplayable. He's such a bad hitter, and then you can't you can steal all the bases you want when you get on, but. You, you literally can't steal first, and, and the Reds, and and the same thing with the with the Padres. Again, we come back to these same kind of cautionary tales of mm-hmm. if you strip it down to the wood, and then you start to build up. Some it, it doesn't always go as you wish that it that it would. It's not so simple to find those those players, and and sometimes, especially if you don't value a player, maybe like a Pilar as well as the rest of the league will, you're going to get ripped off. You're going to try to trade him, and someone's going to be like, "Really? They're going to this guy? He could play for us. He could play for me anytime." Yoinks! And then next thing you know, you're looking at some fool's gold that you got that you just gave him away for fifty cents on the dollar because it's hard to find guys that that are just good enough. Because uh, it's, it's easy to find guys who aren't good enough but could be. Yeah. But then then you then you get back into the the the, the fatal flaw that you don't have enough good players, and you have a lineup that's got gaping black holes in it that doesn't give you the opportunity to get the good players into the plate more often and, making and a baseball team is hard yeah well i mean and that's what we saw this year too with you know uh richard arena or, or lord Gurriel coming up and and guys getting shots mm-hmm. who just weren't ready just were not ready to be legitimate contributors or not even just not even contributors but like just even looking the part of being big yeah. players and Paul, I think that's the thing with um, with Dalton Pompey, and that's something that even Pilar learned from. I think not to not to go the other way with Pilar, but obviously Pilar had his his personality squabbles, and uh, with with John Gibbons, not not to speak, not to say anything of the incident in Atlanta when he ran his fool mouth and acted, exposed himself as an idiot to the world, but. But like Pompey had turned in a terrible at bat, and then we, everyone remembers when they gave Pompey the job in 2016. 15, and they were yeah, like, "Don't Pompey's yeah. is it 15 at the start yeah. of the year? Yeah. Oh, you're right, 15. When it was like, here you go, and he was just butchering plays in the outfield, and you know the game looked like the quote to use a horrible announcer cliche. They looked at like the game sped up on him, and there was too much happening at the same, at, at, too much happening too quickly, and he wasn't able to make good decisions. And then the next thing you know, everything else starts to fall apart around it. Uh, but this was this started as a draft. This is me transitioning yeah. to the draft part. So the yeah. draft was this week. There are however many forty-four players or something that now are quasi Blue Jays now. Uh, so the the I know you've you've touched on it a little bit. I'm now going to look to you as the draft expert. Oh um, Jesus! To talk about these two guys, these team high school teammates that the Blue Jays have drafted. Um, that uh, the one guy they kind of went off the board for, and the other guy was the tough sign. So 
Can you at least give me their their names? No. No, uh, there's, jo- there, there's Josh uh, Josh Groshans. Mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. first one. Um, and then the second one was something else. Quaffenstein <laughs> or something like that? Yeah, some uh, some fucking some guy with a name. Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember his name. But that was the call. You know, that was the teammate who was the tough sign, and they kind of did an interesting thing. And I think that people have uh, lauded their creativity. I think Jim Callis at MLB.com was saying that, uh, you know, going off the board for the one guy and taking his teammate and making them sort of a package deal and, and using, you know, going way above slot for the second guy, the the tough sign, uh, and mm-hmm. balancing that out somewhat with the uh, with the first selection. It would be nice. Had I done literally any preparation and actually knew <laughs> uh, the hell these guys' names were, I should be able to fucking look it up right now. But I'm even struggling to do that. Um, I had the same challenge the other day, trying to figure out who who these guys were. Um, but it, 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 it's the game of the draft has changed. So I, I have a, a colleague who is very much like a regular baseball fan and that he just watches it from time to time. He's more of a hockey guy. He's like, so what's the deal with this guy, with this uh, Goshen? And I'm like, well, it's more of a signability thing. And they kind of went off the board. He's like, what? <laughs> right, yeah. He's like, is he any good or what? I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. He's a high school baseball player. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, I'm like, it's mostly so that they can get some money together to sign this guy. And then he's like, oh, what about this Conine? Is he any good? I'm like, well, he can hit. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they made this gamble on the uh, the third round pick, and they got to come up with two million bucks off of their out of their draft kitty to be able to offer him because he's the one that they really want. Yes. Who is going to be a tough sign. So it's the draft is so uh, there's uh, you and I follow baseball nerds and baseball people and people who are you know, right in the game and whatever. And there's a lot of, I feel like there was a lot of kind of um, frustration with the, uh, the, the trying to make it a made for TV event. And it, it just doesn't work. It's just not no. a made for TV event. They draw, they slow it down. And then again, you've got these pundits, you've got the uh, Harold Reynolds and people trying to form opinions about kids they've never seen. Uh, because there are so many, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these kids, and even the guys at the top of the draft. You know, when is Harold Reynolds going to go and see this this traveling team in Florida or Texas or Georgia, wherever this whichever factory that spit these these uh, future Republicans out of? I don't know, but uh, it just doesn't work as a made for tea event. It was so much better just to do it during the day. You know, there was a Richard Griffin wrote an amazing story about John Gibbons draft day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He's like out on the field in high school. And they're like, hey, Gibby, come over here. So he wants to talk to you. And it was the, the Mets sleazy scouting director being like, eh, we'll give you 45 grand. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that story's great, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I shared it earlier today on Twitter about this, the way that there was back in 1980 when John Gibbons was drafted, how the Mets offered every single one of their picks the same bonus. Including like Daryl Strawberry, who was they took first overall. They're like uh, forty five grand, and he ended up signing for two hundred fifty thousand or something like that. It's a great, uh, it's a great story. Obviously, it's different now, but they can't they can't force it onto TV like they have been. It's just it's weird. Yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. You know what I what I mean. This is obviously because of the, this day and age of the of you know where the Blue Jays are at. But I'm like fuck. Put some like 
Like you're talking about future stars. Why don't you? There's lots of guys that the regular fan doesn't know about. You know, give me some Vlad content on your draft show. Give me some like. Give me something about you know other guys who are not yet in the big leagues. If you're having a whole day dedicated to it, and maybe don't throw a microphone in some fucking kid from Bumblefuck Texas's face to, for no goddamn reason, <laughs> like just to just to make us try, you know witness a train wreck if it happens. Like I, I like who gives a fuck about that? I mean, I'm sure it's nice for the kids, but it, it's I don't know. I I don't need any of that. I don't need any of the fucking Harold Reynolds. I need a couple nerdy guys who actually follow this stuff to. To tell us <laughs> what these players are about, and then like let's you know move on. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Adam Klofenstein is the third round yes, pick. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, t- the teammate of uh, of uh, this, oh, this, Jor- this Jordan Groshans. I think I called him Josh. Or Jordan Groshans. Uh, they're of Magnolia, Texas. Yeah, and uh, so it, there you go. Griffin Conine is actually an interesting pick. The the second rounder. He uh, his stock mm-hmm. dr- his stock dropped tremendously. Uh, from the start of the year, he had a really bad spring. He like the strikeouts were way up. It was a, uh, it was a concern. But like Keith Law was like, oh, he would have been a top ten pick had the draft been like before this season started. You know, he had a great uh, summer last year on the Cape Cod League. You know, wooden bat league led that league in like average and OPS and home runs or some shit like that. I, I you know some of the good stats as much as as much as the uh, actually I looked at the the leaderboard and I think that the the Cape Cod League league has like a runs created stat which. Uh, Griffin Conine also led the league in as well, so that is uh, nice. that is a positive sign. But but his stock dropped because of the poor uh, season that he had. So it seems here that this is the Blue Jays maybe saying, "All right, well maybe we can get him back to being the guy that everybody thought was the the top ten pick." But uh, but you know, like Eric Thames, knows, that's, a, that's yeah. like the exact Eric Thames story. That's true, yeah, where Eric Thames tore up his bicep when he was in college at uh, Pepperdine. And then so the Blue Jays pounced on him, and obviously it took him a while, but then he's a good ball player. All right. So also, Pepperdine, no, he's Eric Thames, Eric Conine, or whatever, Conine, Griffin Conine, Eric Thames. Also, uh, Pepperdine University, where, where Eric Thames went, uh, the graduation ceremony is on the, like, Pepperdine is the most beautiful campus you can even imagine. It's like right on the beach in Malibu, essentially. Uh, their graduation ceremony was, uh, was beset with pelicans this week. I cannot recommend this video highly enough. <laughs> Pelicans this, are, yeah, they're little fuckers, those things. <laughs> it's amazing. These two pelicans just like, nope, here is where we're going to hang out. But <laughs> one of them, like, they were like, they legitimately landed on some people's heads. Like the one bird was not into it. Big old pelican. Um, but yeah, I, I, what else? Anything else? Another noteworthy draft? Um, tidbits? There was, there was another guy. There was notes? another guy that they drafted really late who was like a, you know, a top 100 kind of guy or 104, a catcher that they dropped mm-hmm. in the 36th round, uh, mm-hmm. whose name I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Uh, you'll just have to look it up. But it's, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I'd i like to just uh, congratulate us on not pretending to be draft experts, which is something that just fucking drives me nuts about this time of year and about, you know, that that thing and about sometimes prospects in general, you know, like, oh, by the way, mm. Now I now I will tell you everything about all of these guys who I read about on Baseball America and from Keith Law. Like uh, you know, uh, we don't know. Why the hell would we know? It's it's just so off the radar and they're so far away that you know the interesting stories are really in the money and in why they you know what they see in them and, and once they get selected, then okay, let's try to figure out what the patterns are here. But the whole idea of trying to know 
everything about everyone, or, or you can't, one, and, and if, you know, if you attempt to make it look like you do when you don't, which is, I think, 99.9% of uh, the people who will act like they do, Harold Reynolds, uh, <laughs> you just make a fool of yourself, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. It, to Maybe it's just the, na- the, the nature of how I have, uh, how the kind of content that I consume these days uh, I don't know a lot about any of the guys in this draft. There, there, there wasn't uh, consensus number one. I don't think, or even if the kid that went number one, I don't even Mize, yeah, something Casey Mize, Mize yeah. Casey Mize. I don't know anything about him. I mean, he's not a. He wasn't a, even a. In my mind, he's not even like a Garrett Cole type. It was, you know, there's no Bryce Harper. There was no Steven Strasburg. There was no none of these like big big name guys that don't necessarily the. The workout always the what's the the guy that is the bust already? He like he's out of baseball. Oh, Mark Appel. Mark Appel, yeah. Not even like obviously yeah. he was a big name, but um, you know those are the that's the thing about the baseball draft is there are there are so many Mark Appels or so many um, Brian Bullingtons or Todd Van Poppels or whatever Brian Taylors that the that you have to apply that sort of critical thinking to what you're seeing and recognizing that it's going to be a real tough one. Uh, Brady Singer, didn't the, didn't the the Blue Jays draft him and they didn't sign him? Is that sure did? Yeah. He was their second rounder. in I think 2014, I want to say. And, and he, but he went, I th- my sense from following it from a distance was that the, the, a lot of the top talent went even later than a lot of people expected. Like there were some real signability issues, I think with some of, some of these, uh, the top talents, the Brady Singers and whomever else. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, the know. Jays passed on Singer, and I think people thought that maybe that he would go there. And there were there was another couple arms I think that were still around, and and then the Jays went and, and took another shortstop, and that really confused people until you know you mm. saw the way that you know you saw their strategy play out when they took his teammate and made it a you know took a real overslot guy, and and it's you know it's just so stupid, right? I mean, there's not supposed to be signability issues, or there's not supposed to be you know, they, the MLB with the slot system has tried to implement a way to force teams to make it look more like a real draft and not have the, the Brian Bullingtons or whoever uh, get taken because the team's afraid to pay some of the, you know, some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sort of works differently, but you were already seeing that it, does, it doesn't operate like a real draft, obviously. It doesn't operate like a, you know... Like the platonic ideal, like a true draft should, where it's just the talent, you know, the best talent. <laughs> it doesn't operate like a true they're... draft where where these you know, young professionals in the prime of their lives are sold like chattel <laughs> yeah. into into indentured <laughs> servitude, yeah. from which they cannot escape for as many as seven years. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, like a real draft, exactly, exactly. But so, but that just makes that that just adds a whole other dimension to trying to like. To call it at the you know especially like at the time like oh I can't believe they took that guy at that pick it's like I mean mm-hmm. there's just there is no they reason can't. to form an opinion you don't have enough information to like form a coherent opinion about any of it they can't all be they're not all going to be the Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan or the Greg Oden over Kevin Durant like this just doesn't it it doesn't work like that in baseball everyone everyone passed on Mike Trout everyone passed on Chris Sale they like these. This shit happens literally all the time. Uh, so enough about this. This is, again, this is beyond our pay grade. Uh, there's no way that we can have any real insight into what's going on with any of the draft. Uh, it's time to talk about something important like the teens. So these people who have already been drafted and have then risen above uh, uh, to to be 
knocking on the door of the big leagues. Um, none, of course, more than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who might, we've been told, could one day be promoted to AAA. Can you feel the excitement? I, well, we don't, you know, to be fair, we don't know that he could. The Blue Jays at some point have discussed the possibility that he could move to AAA. Oh, boy. Can yeah. you feel the excitement? It's uh, it's pretty wild stuff, but he's hurt. Yeah, he went to the disabled list today. Uh, I guess he came out of a game the other day, maybe, what, I want to say Tuesday. Uh, kind of came up limp and came out of a game, and then he gave it a, gave it a go uh, today, here on Thursday, and he kind of looked a little lame going into first base. I guess they do have video of it. And then he went to second on a something. It was a ball was hit into the outfield. And as soon as he got to second base, slid in safely on what shouldn't have been a close play and gave the old soccer wrote, they take me out, spinning yeah. his feet. You can't see it. I'm doing it like when you spin your fingers. <laughs> right. Yeah, Swap yeah. me out. Uh, and now he went. And now he's on, it's on the seven-day DL, but the team is, is being said that they're being extra cautious. That was the statement that they they used just to make sure that he's right. But um, I, extra cautious I mean, is a good – it's good cover because well, we're just going to sit him down for the rest of the year and then yeah. for four or five days at the beginning of next year as well. That's, I think, the plan, right? Yeah, that's what you got to mm-hmm. do. Well, it's – I mean, obviously you don't want to be hurt. You want him to be well, but it's, a, it's a, right just what the doctor ordered in terms of uh, manipulating his service time. <laughs> well, yeah, it will allow them to, to push off sending him to Buffalo. They'll have – He'll be, he'll be on the DL, and then he'll, you know, have to get back into the groove again before it's time to, to send him down. So you, can, you don't want to call an injury a blessing if you're the front office, I'm sure. But uh, they probably don't hate the fact that they have an opportunity to sit him down and make sure he's right. And then uh, let this whole mm-hmm. thing going, start going again. And then the Blue Jays, fortunately, uh, are playing the fucking Orioles. So at least, sure at least, at least we don't have to like you know we'll, we will have we will be absent of all that sweet Vlad content every night. Uh, but at least the Blue Jays might actually win some fucking games, given that they're playing somebody you know, a team that is just so fucking terrible. So I don't know. So so it goes, I guess. Man, that Orioles team is bad. Whoa, boy. Yeah, it's bad. It- they have many players that they should. Well, they have. They need to trade Manny Machado, and they probably they could also afford to trade Adam Jones. I'm sure at some point, Adam Jones, God bless him. But um, yeah, they're just real bad. They, their pitching is grim. Their bullpen is missing two very good players. Ugh, you hate to see it. Uh, oh, one thing I did want to talk about the teens is Bo Bichette. Uh huh. Bo Bichette sort of was. Being over was generally overshadowed at the beginning of the year by Vlad Guerrero because Vlad is hitting 420 or whatever he's hitting. Um, but then uh, I think it was almost a little quiet. Bobachet, who was you know 20 years old, I believe the second or third youngest player in the Eastern League of AA, um, he was struggling for a while. He was really not having a great time at the plate. Uh, I was looking at it today. It was about the middle of May, May 14th. He had a night where he struck out three times, which is pretty rough. But then I don't know what he did, but right after that, he uh, figured it out. And over the last 110 or 15 plate appearances, whatever it is, he looks like a new guy. He looks like the the the, the wonderkind top 10, top 15 prospect in all of baseball. He's super young and raking at double A. And that's it's always what you want to see. Obviously, you don't that want to see him struggle. Yeah. You want to see him. It's good for, I, I count me among those 
old white man who wants to see someone overcome uh, some, uh, show some perseverance, overcome some adversity, make the adjustment, and because that's that's really what what hitting at any level. But as they as he climbs the ladder, the ability to make those adjustments, the ability to figure out what you are doing to get yourself out or what pitchers are doing to you, it's great to see. So. He's uh, running a lot and, and, and hitting, hitting the ball uh, with authority to all fields as he does. Sold. Playing Bring defense, too, apparently, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's been the big thing this season, that even as he was slumping a little mm-hmm. bit at the plate, uh, the, you know, more of the people who have been seeing him, uh, I think Ben Badler is maybe the most prominent example, but I think there have been other mm-hmm. ones, too, who have looked and said, you know, okay, he looks like he's a shortstop. And that was something that was going to be quite a question we talked about, you know, before where uh, plays with his hair on fire. It was maybe, a, you know, a, a little, uh, you know, the, the footwork maybe wasn't in control or, or uh, just a, there, there were questions there that he was going to be able to stick. And I think that he's starting to answer those questions in the, in the affirmative. Uh, and so as someone who, you know, I didn't want to write off the, the hitting struggles because those were apparent. Uh, but if you believe in his ability to hit, uh, the the defensive improvements were really, I think, the the most exciting thing this year, and the thing that we were probably going to hang our hats on, even if he did have a bit of a down year at the plate. Uh, and now to see that he's coming back around again uh, mm. just makes it all the better. It's exa- it is, if for my money and from my outsider perspective, it is exactly what I would want to see from. A highly touted prospect. Number one, he has shown an ability to adjust and and come out of a semi prolonged slump. Um, and number two, uh, number two is he has shown a capacity to improve and 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 take coaching and instruction and and integrate some of the 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 learn integrate learning and and have you would people say fix your footwork and don't play like slow the game down all that sort of stuff and when he is then out there playing shortstop and having impartial third party people who aren't trying to blow up his stock or trying to pump his tires or anything along those lines they're saying like no he looks like a shortstop he's making shortstop plays he's playing the game the game is slowing down for him the game you know comes to him and and uh i'm just only cliches for the rest of today but uh the other and the other thing i was going to say was that that and a cliche, and that's hitters hit. So he's always hit, and I don't think that there's really a lot of doubt about his ability to hit at the big league level. Maybe the question is about the how much power he's going to show. But um, so he's a hitter, and he has only ever hit as a professional in the sh- short time that he has been that. Uh, and now he's doing it again. So it's exciting. Uh, the rest of them, whatever, I'm sure it's fine. Kevin Biggio and whoever else is Kevin. Kevin, I'm never going to get yeah. that right. No, I'm never going to get that a, right. I'll need a pronunciation guide on that. Yeah, yeah. But, Kevin uh, Smith's having a nice year. And, uh, mm. uh, got moved up to Dunedin, but they're, you know we're just talking a little bit farther off there. And Danny Jansen's been really good in Buffalo. Uh, excited to turn there. They've got some. You know, Barucky's been I think decent. They've Sim Gavilio's been uh, a revelation for the Blue Jays. Yeah, a I revelation. Mean, that's what you need. Though. Um, that's. that's I wouldn't be grabbing him in your keeper fantasy league maybe just yet, but uh, <laughs> sure. Revelation. It <laughs> uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's it's nice to see things that sort of, again, you need the blue chippers to, to come along and to find their feet and to 
come to the big leagues on their on their term. But yeah, you need a. It's nice to have the uh, a, a Gavilio or whomever else. I, I just remembered I was looking at today that the Pannon, Thomas Pannon, is he got popped for steroids. He did, sure did. I, I had forgot, I had forgotten that, and now I yeah. do not forget. I now I remember. <laughs> So that was, I think, an 80-game suspension. So I don't know what the status of him is yet, but I guess he'll be coming back at the end of this month or so. Oh, he's going to miss the Bison's playoffs, though. You hate to see that. Is, is he? I, I don't know. Is he? Are, is, are the Bison's in a playoff position? Do the AAA playoffs? Does anyone even give a shit? The people of Buffalo care, but yeah. no one ever accused them of having great, great judgment. Uh, I think that's about it. Anything else? We <laughs> Just have any... throwing Buffalo under the bus. Okay. Well, they live in Buffalo. How good can their judgment be? Um, the wonderful, a wonderful the, place. But the architectural place. architectural yeah. uh, hub center. Traditional American architecture in spades. Uh, anything else you got? No. Any uh, housekeeping? No. I don't no? think so. No. No. No? Good. No. All right. Um, yeah. As we always say at this time, of course uh, – Birds All Day is a Patreon-powered podcast. We uh, have a uh, over at patreon.com slash birdsallday where you can make a contribution uh, of a few dollars a month or as much as you feel comfortable making. And then you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive content, such as uh, Super Bad, which is the Patreon-only co- uh, segments that we do. And uh, we've got a couple other things planned, maybe even in a couple weeks. Stoughton, I should tell you about this when we go off the air. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be if you want to hit us up and, and, again, support the content that you value, keep us going and, and accountable and have us keep making shows for you because we like to do it. But the... Um, it really puts the uh, puts the pep in our step when it comes to making uh, new episodes of Birds All Day each and every week. Or about that, and, uh, and that's it. Of course, in uh, I, as I always mention, iTunes or SoundCloud.com/slash Birds All Day. You can head over there and uh, get the RSS or get it right directly. You can even leave a comment there. Leave a comment at Facebook.com/slash Birds All Day and uh, comment on the post. Share the post if you know someone who might like some. Um, bizarrely sarcastic or uh, <laughs> sorry bizarrely socialistic uh bird baseball <laughs> talk bring them around can't get enough so that's about it i'm going to see hop along tomorrow i'm really excited about that love that record my favorite band these days i think you and uh scott lewis i take it it's going to be a dad fiesta blake murphy's going to be there as well i assume it's like a really busy night in the beautiful city of toronto tomorrow uh, in terms of shows for white men between the ages of 28 and 40. Uh, because there's another show uh, that I know that Blake and Jonah Bierenbaum are going to go see. The Front Bottoms, a band that I'm not especially familiar with. Um, a little bit on the... Not, not I don't know. It's fine. Uh, that show is happening the Danforth and Hopalong's at the Horseshoe. And I think I'm going to go to a death metal show as well before I go see Hopalong. So that's a busy day for me. Busy day. Going to see great. Going to see Gay yeah. Can't get enough. That is the. They write some brutal riffs. I'm so excited, and it's a PA day tomorrow as well. I'm gonna be home with my kids all day before I go to watch heavy metal because that's what dads do. <laughs> it's the dad Beautiful. life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's it. And the World Cup starts next week, so we'll be unbearable about that. I can't wait. Yeah. No, we got two weeks yeah, before. It'll be okay, I guess. No, I thought it's is it the 14th? It's soon. 
That's Saturday. That's the What's, first game. The the nil nil draw between Saudi Arabia and Russia. Yeah. No, what Saudi Arabia might, might beat them. No, no, there'll be no goals. There will be no goals in that game. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, how uh, how's the Dutch side look going into this tournament, Stoughton? Uh, yeah, they look uh, well rested. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them spending time on the beach. Uh, <laughs> fuck. It's very exciting. Yeah. At least England will be terrible. No, I don't know. I can't even tell they might, anymore. They, they might be okay. I Do mean, you? yeah, you're you're all you're all playing to watch France and Brazil in the final anyway. So, goddamn right, there's some good players on that French team. Yeah, they're they're real good. They're real good. My boy, uh, my, my boy, Dimitri Payet. Uh, that's it. We can't go on anymore. We can go yeah, on we'll and on. We'll get then, more World Cup talk in later. I'm sure. Maybe we'll do World Cup as a super. No, I, we should do. We should. What we should do with the World Cup is make it its own podcast that no one has to pay to listen to, as, a, <laughs> as opposed to it's a reward. Yeah. Listen to us blather incoherently and like out of but out of time. We we talk about like the 2010 World Cup probably more accurately than I could talk about the 2000. We don't all have disowns, so we're not watching the Liga matches on a Tuesday afternoon like you. It's true. You should all get disowned. It's got the MLB network on it now. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's yeah, get, yeah. I can't get it. What's that goof? The the high heat with Mike. Uh, the guy. Oh, is it is it Mr. Brian Kelly's show? Because no, a, no, that that's its own special kind of nightmare. That's a thing that I don't need either. Yeah. No, it's the other one, uh, Mike. Uh, oh, I can't even do it. They, I don't. Know. I don't know. It's background the, noise. The obnoxious New Yorker who's like ah the Mets. Every everything relates back to the, the Mets. The terrible anyway. Uh, that's it for this edition of Birds All Day. Uh, for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. It's been better days ahead. They, they can't the ob- get any worse. The, the obnoxious New Yorker. Oh, that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's lamenting the fate of the Mets. You never see that yeah. on TV or on the radio. <laughs> my name is Drew Fairservice. His name is Andrew Stoughton. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day.